0: Welcome back to the Startup Showdown podcast, where we discuss pitching, funding, and scaling startups. Join us as we interview winners, mentors, and judges of the monthly $120,000 pitch competition powered by Panoramic Ventures. We also discuss the latest updates in software, Web3, healthcare tech, fintech, and more. Now sit tight as we interview this week's guests and their journey through entrepreneurship.
1: We can't do here another episode of Startup Showdown, and this is going to be a fun one. But before we get started, it's it's important to recognize our sponsor, Panoramic Ventures. Without them, we could not be sharing these important stories. Today on Startup Showdown, we have John Yates, and he is with Morris, Manning, and Martin. Welcome, John
0: thank you thanks for inviting me
1: well i'm excited uh first off to share with our listeners uh what you got going on at morris manning and martin talk a little bit about your practice since you are one of the kind of linchpin people in this arena in technology especially in the metro atlanta area
0: well thank you it's a pleasure to be involved here today and to be a part of this podcast so i appreciate it um so i am a senior partner head the technology practice at morris manning martin here in atlanta um, I started in the practice actually in 1981. That was the year the IBM PC was announced. So, was sort of the beginning of time in the technology community. Came to Atlanta that time, didn't know anybody, but my sister had encouraged me to get involved in the tech space. Um, and I'll tell you more about that, but I guess roll the clock forward to the present. Uh, from when I joined Morris Manning and Martin, we were about 20 lawyers. Today, we're over 200. Uh, we represent over 600 technology companies throughout the United States and internationally. We did over 300 tech financings last year, venture M&A private equity deals, and we're one of the top 10 law firms in the country in doing tech deals, and the number one firm in the Southeast and in Atlanta for doing deals in the private equity venture area. So it's been a, been a great ride, and we've been excited to be in Atlanta for that, although again, the practice is very much global. So it's been a great environment and a wonderful city to be in.
1: Now, take us back in time a little because it's probably difficult for our listeners to even imagine at that time in the early 80s. What was the tech scene like? Was there an official tech scene or was this just kind of sprouts just, you know, a few individuals out there doing interesting work? Yeah.
0: What's interesting, uh, and, it, and it is interesting as well, that uh, there aren't a lot of us that are still around that remember that time. Most of the people, your listeners, that may not even been born in 1981, so I'm really dating myself here. Fortunately, my memory is still pretty good about that time. Uh, so before 1981, the second half of the year when the IBM PC was announced, the market was very cluttered, and it was mainly mainframes and mid-range computers. So companies like Digital Equipment Corporation uh, companies, companies, products like PDP-11s and Vaxes and the like, and IBM were the dominant players, Univac, Honeywell. Uh, it was a very different crowd. Um, the latter part of 1981 resulted in the IBM PC being announced as open architecture. Now, Apple did have a product at that time, but it was very closed in its architecture, and it made it very challenging with respect to the ability for people to write software to the Apple system. So when IBM opened up the architecture, meaning they allowed basically software companies to write into their computer, it basically spawned the software industry. And Atlanta was very fortunate to pick up on that. Now, at that time, MSA, Management Science America, was one of the largest you know, mid-range software companies in the country. And I'm sitting here in my office in Buckhead, I can see the old MSA building across the, the Lenox Mall, uh, Peachtree area. And they and American Software were two of the largest players. So what happened was Atlanta spawned a lot of software companies that were nurtured as a result of IBM opening up that architecture. So we became a software capital. Um, And also, we ended up at that time having Peachtree Software, which was one of the first, if not the first, accounting software products for microcomputer uh, technology users. And we also spawned, a little after that, a company called SAMNA, that was one of the first word processors in that area. So we became very software driven at that point. A lot of folks coming out of Georgia Tech and a lot of companies that were offshoots of what were mid-range and mainframe computer companies that all of a sudden were focused on the microcomputer. So that was really the genesis and what initially launched the tech community in our city.
1: Now, were there a lot of lawyers clamoring to get into tech at that point?
0: Uh, not really. There weren't that many companies. So there weren't as many in this area. So there weren't as many lawyers clamoring. Um, the reason I was clamoring was because my sister had started a tech company in 1980 in Palo Alto, California. So um, I saw a reason to clamor when I went out and visited her after getting out of law school, got the bug by traveling around Silicon Valley with her. And at the time, there was a major trade show called Comdex, C-O-M-D-E-X. And it was one of the largest trade shows in the world. And every computer company, and there were a lot of them at the time, who had all sorts of different microcomputers, would go to those shows, as would all the software companies. Now, for about a decade, Comdex was the show you had to attend. And all the major software companies in Atlanta and all of the world went to Comdex. And all the hardware vendors went to Comdex. And what happened was, obviously, hardware became more commoditized. And the software companies really stopped going to Comdex because it became so large. It's a huge, huge, huge conference. Um, But what happened was I got the bug because of having gone out to Silicon Valley. And my sister's tech company was one where I represented her and then several other tech companies out there and just saw that it was just a matter of time before it spread to Atlanta. Fortunately for me, it spread pretty quickly.
1: Now was having seen Silicon Valley and the community there was that what kind of inspired you to be kind of a leader when it comes to organizing a Atlanta tech community and and tech community events it seems like you're you're touching a lot of them throughout the years what's
0: well, interesting because at the time uh in nineteen eighty one eighty two eighty three there was there were some groups in Atlanta that were doing some things in technology, but they were Uh, It was largely sort of scattered. And what we found out in the valley was that uh, the software was driving a lot of the activity. So I went to my sister in Palo Alto and I said, Gene, you know, what, what should I do? Where should I focus my time and attention? And she said, you need to start a software society. You need to start something in Atlanta and bring together the software leaders because there's a lot of small growing companies there. And so I I came back to Atlanta and came back to my home and contacted a few folks who were who had a similar interest. They weren't lawyers. Um, The computer law area or software law area was very nascent at the time. Um, Very few decisions, um, very little precedent that was being created. And so I said, this is going to be a hot area. Initially, I came up with the idea we would create the Atlanta Software Society But then I thought of the acronym for Atlanta Software Society (laughs) and realized that wasn't going to work. So we said, well, let's make it the Southeastern Software Association, SSA, which is today um, one of the divisions of the Technology Association of Georgia, which we're also co-founders of. And so started the Southeastern Software Association, which turned into the initial pivotal group, later grew into become a part of TAG. But that was really the genesis, bringing together people that had an interest, and then finding out a lot of these were small companies that were going to grow rapidly. They just wanted to find common a common allegiance with other entrepreneurs, and the SSA created that.
1: So now uh, I guess there was a lot of foresight to to call it Southeast because the Southeast is kind of really becoming a major, major player in the country when it comes to technology Um could you imagine then what it is now where there are so many cities around the southeast that are kind of making their mark when it comes to technology
0: yeah there you know this is obviously a, a hot space to be in right now and it's easy to start a tech company um, you can pretty much do it anywhere right now from any apartment in any city anywhere in the world um, and so a lot of cities are trying to attract uh, technology businesses. Uh, For a long time, you know, the medical device area was in Minnesota and San Diego and biotech was in portions of Boston. And you could think about certain areas where there was really uh, usually a center university center that served as a hub. That's still a huge advantage for Atlanta to have Georgia Tech in that regard. You do see places like Miami that are focused now on cryptocurrency, which is fine. Um, That's an area that's a little more problematic, let's say but it's certainly an area that's been hot. We have our fair share of you know, crypto-related businesses in the Atlanta area. Austin has also gotten, you know, gotten into the fray. Um, one of the disadvantages there is, again, infrastructure and also the absence of what Atlanta has, which is being one of the top three cities in the country for Fortune 100 headquarters, um, and frankly, being in an environment where we've gone through a lot of the, the sprawl that Austin's going through now. So we're going to see competition. There's no question about it. We do need to be more innovative and creative in Atlanta. And one of the great things about our city is we brought together the business community, the traditional business community, again being top three in the country for Fortune 100 headquarters, with the tech business community, and we're bringing those together in a very unique way that very few cities can do. And it's it's been a big differentiator for us.
1: So now, um, as your career has progressed, and you're um, now kind of in, in Startup Showdown, at least you were a judge. What, how, how does that kind of um, has that changed? Are you seeing entrepreneurs today? Are they kind of similar people as they were in the eighties, nineties, and early two thousands?
0: There are a lot of similarities. It's interesting. Back in the eighties and nineties, the 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 challenge of go to market strategy was was much different. The internet was not being used for commercial purposes, and so the way you communicated was very different and it was primarily through magazines, which is not a very efficient way to do it. But literally for, you know, let's say 20 years, the first 20 years of the computer industry, a lot of it was you ran ads and articles and wrote columns in magazines. That was where I started. I wrote a column on computer law in a publication called Computer Retail News that believe it or not was published right here in Atlanta, but it was distributed nationally. Um, not a very efficient way to actually get the word out. And I actually did prospecting for software and technology companies by reading, subscribing to all these computer magazines. And literally there were hundreds of them. I could have, uh, I'm sure I've supported many a paper drive for you know, over a decade. And I would go through those magazines, looking at articles, tearing out ads, looking at area codes and zip codes, trying to figure out where these companies were. Um, just a highly inefficient system And then when the Internet came on, obviously made it much more efficient, created a much greater likelihood to accelerate companies and go to market quickly. And then social media, of course, you know, helped to catapult that even further. So one of the big differences now is that because with with the Internet and social media, you can be anywhere. You can plant a flag anywhere you want to be and you can really create the business in a quite a unique way, um, which was not the case in the olden days where we were much more tethered to a particular location and made it much more difficult to get the get the word out and required, frankly, a lot more money to do it too, because advertising campaigns in, in magazines and going to trade shows and the like was you know highly expensive. So the system now much more efficient, much easier, but frankly, that also makes it more crowded too. So you got to find ways to differentiate yourself.
1: Now, are you finding that the startup founders are looking the same? Are we is uh, is our startup community as inclusive as you'd like it to be, where it represents America, uh, maybe uh, truer than it did maybe in the early stages of this?
0: Well, there's yes, I think it is much more inclusive now, and Atlanta has a big advantage of being probably one of the most diverse cities uh, as far as population in the United States. Um, which does make us quite different from many other cities as well. Um, because the barriers to entry are lower, it means that more people uh, of any kind of color, persuasion, religion, geography can enter the market. And, and so it creates a great opportunity, especially for a community like Atlanta, where we have such a diverse population uh, and we have great mentors that um, you know, I know Panoramic is one of the supporters here of this podcast. They do a wonderful job focusing on on entrepreneurs, focusing on DEI issues, diversity, as do many other companies and businesses here. So it creates a unique environment for us and a way to attract, I think, companies and entrepreneurs that you know can feel comfortable that there there are people like them that are in our community getting the support and a community that really is desirous of doing that. I know our mayor is focused on that. Mayor Mayor Andre Dickens is uh, as a Georgia Tech graduate. I know Invest Atlanta is focused. I know the Metro Atlanta Chamber. So we've got a lot of organizations that are trying to knock down any barriers that were out there for um, young entrepreneurs, diverse entrepreneurs. Um, we now have uh, a number of venture funds. In addition to Panoramic, we have Zane Ventures. Zane um, Valor Ventures that are focused on dealing with and supporting um, entrepreneurs that are diverse, uh, women entrepreneurs and the like. So it's great to see that in our community, and it's a good thing for what's happening here in Atlanta as a differentiator.
1: Now, any advice for the uh, entrepreneur out there that's listening that might be from an underserved community, what would you recommend they do to kind of plug in and to get involved and to give themselves the best chance for success?
0: Well, I think there are three areas of, of really focus here. Uh, one are these venture funds that I've just mentioned, um, the early stage funds, uh, the Atlanta Technology Angels, you know, Panoramic, Valor Ventures, Zane Ventures. These are all groups that that are helpful in directing folks to the right area. And also some of them have cohorts. I know Zane, for example, has a cohort of entrepreneurs they bring on on, as do several of these other funds. So, If you're an entrepreneur, you may be able to get get plugged into that. Uh, There's Launchpad 2X, which is primarily for women entrepreneurs who are starting businesses as a way to get plugged in to learn about how to grow a business. And then the Technology Association of Georgia, which is, I think, probably the largest tech organization in the United States. I believe that Larry Williams, the CEO, mentioned, I think we're over 30,000 members there, which is phenomenal. Um, but lots and lots of groups within the technology association of Georgia, where these entrepreneurs can plug in Um, the Metro Atlanta chamber is also quite helpful in that regard. And importantly, venture Atlanta, which has now become one of the largest venture conferences in the country is a must attend this year. It'll be October 19th through 20th. It'll be held at the Woodruff arts center, which is going to be fantastic. A great way for us to tie technology and the arts together. And I know, uh, Being involved with the Woodruff Arts Center on the board, we're extremely excited about bringing the technology entrepreneurs together with uh, folks in the arts community, but also many of the tech leaders. So if you're a young entrepreneur, there are a lot of resources there, and you want to make sure you get your, your registration to attend Venture Atlanta, October will be here before you know it.
1: Well, John, thank you so much for sharing your story today. If somebody wants to connect with Morris Manning and Martin or learn uh, more or maybe connect with you, what's a website?
0: Website is MMMLaw.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn. That's a good way to connect with me. I do have quite a few LinkedIn connections, and I'm always happy to help people if they're looking to connect into the network. Um, and so I would say you can reach me at MMMLaw.com, uh, the website website. Provides all the information, but the email address is jayates at mmmlaw.com. And I appreciate everything that uh, Lee, you're doing and this podcast is very informative and we appreciate the support of Panoramic as well.
1: Well, thank you again for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank you, Lee. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Startup Showdown.
0: As always, thanks for joining us and don't forget to follow and subscribe to the Startup Showdown podcast so you get the latest episode as it drops, wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more and apply to our next Startup Showdown pitch competition, visit showdown.vc. That's showdown.vc. All right, that's all for this week. Goodbye for now.